<laughs> okay, guys, welcome to the Big Black Clock Podcast. You made it. You number, made it. Number six. 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 Oh, hey, guys. I, I don't. I'm not good to One count. More than five. Is it six? But less than a hundred. I think so. I can't believe we're still going. Six. Well, we're, we're still going. No one else is still listening. I don't know. Oh, it's true. Like, well, I mean, to be fair, nobody was listening in the beginning. No, no, so, no. well, we went from we're, zero to probably negative one. I, I stopped listening. You know what they say? <laughs> Consistency is a sign of skill. What's they? What? Who's yeah. they? they? People. <laughs> Who's they? <laughs> like the same people that talk to Donald Trump. <laughs> the peasants. That tell him all those things about, about how awesome he is. Yes, and how demons, how there's a vaccine out there. that. Like, but there's um, a, there's oh a vaccine man. out there. Like somewhere in the so universe. Inject, inject yourself Welcome to the uh, politics edition of Big Black Clock's podcast. No. Exactly, no. right? So shut no. up. We're not doing Just, any politics. What do you mean, shut up? It's a podcast. Shut That's up. the only thing we have is talk. We, we, <laughs> don't, we don't have anything. We have watches and we're... Opinions. Garbage people <laughs> with alcohol, <laughs> mole people. <laughs> uh, man, so today it's uh, we're a couple of beers in, and for um, Kevin, it's uh, and Carl is really drunk from two beers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's my breakfast because you know breakfast of champion beers. And Champ- you've have you ever worn anything? <laughs> a lot of homeless people also drink for breakfast, so. and they're the champion of society. <laughs> um, when one guy's name is Potato Salad, maybe. But right now, you ever met a guy named, named potato, potato salad? salad? Homeless person, really? What? When, where do you identify meet homeless people? You day. It's day. <laughs> it's the day. Oh, they tell you. They, they tell, tell you. you. Okay. They. Okay. Yeah. So today it's um. Oh, is this a Ricard uh, meal? <laughs> it's uh, Ricard's red for the beer, and it's a Ricard red or rouge. I don't see color. No. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So hats today, off to you, Kevin, for not seeing color. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you colorblind. You know, my, my boss is actually colorblind. So cool story. When so we watches. How we don't interrupt each other at all. No, it's a. Uh, I'll put that on the alcohol today. Okay, guys, it's a mouthful. What are we talking about today? Uh, you tell me. Okay, so I think what we wanted to do was. I think we misunderstood it. Each other. I think Carl misunderstood it. I well, think let's we take a watch. Yes. People like, but it doesn't matter. Or people don't like. Nobody's listening, anyways. And then why you like it or dislike it or brand? So, so I got it. Then I took a watch that I love that everyone hate. Hate, so which I'm is good. the opposite of what we were supposed to do. No, you just said like love or hate, love or hate, love or hate. It's so, love or hate. Guys, one sec. What we were supposed to do? It's and I, I don't get it. So that everybody, so that everybody knows exactly before we continue blabbering and interrupting each other, mm-hmm. we were supposed to do an exercise of finding a watch or a brand that everybody generally likes, but you are an unpopular opinion person that doesn't necessarily like it, and or you reverse. have to explain why. Or reverse. Or reverse. So, so I did reverse. I it took something out. that I love that I would buy if I had spare change, and everyone hates. A lot we're just of picking change. on you. What? Yeah. We are picking on you. Never. Yeah. You don't do that. <laughs> I'm like so cool and you know. <laughs> who says that? They? Yeah. Anyway, uh, a quick wrist check today. I think, uh, I think we, we're, we're there now, oh, right? Yeah. Looking at what we have on our wrist, I'll be really, really special and still have the same watch as last week. As and the my... reason it's since last week is because we're recording two podcasts at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So, so the last week is actually an hour ago. <laughs> well, it was you liar. 15 minutes ago. And yes, I'm always lying. So I do have or don't have my Tudor Heritage Ranger on my wrist. Is your name Carl? Not really. It's it's kind of. It's <laughs> kind of. Kind of Carl. Kind of. Um, but yeah, so Tudor Heritage Ranger, it's my watch, my favorite watch. And a 
that's my wrist check. I want to know what Kevin has because he like change watches every hour. Well, so, I mean, so. if you have like a hundred watches like he does, no, no, yeah, no, you no. can yeah, change okay, a watch no, every 20 minutes. No, nonsense. nonsense. It's not a hundred. It's like 98. Nonsense. Oh, yeah, sorry. Okay, I I'm nonsense. I'm wearing a Bertucci. I'm wearing a, a, C, a C1017, is it? I don't even know. I'm trying to actually... So many watches, doesn't even know what he's wearing. <laughs> it's a tank style watch, 36 millimeters like a, in like diameter. Like Abrams? Or like a T34 or Panzer? What We're kind of tank? Talking, uh, um, it's in a polished titanium. So it's super light. I put it on a Phoenix gray NATO seatbelt strap. The crown is at the four. Screw down, 100 meter water resistant Swiss quartz. We're talking about um, five-year battery life. It has a low battery indicator, so when the battery is about to run out, it's going to let me know. It has a bullseye dial, green indices with a C3 Luminova. Uh, very cool. Tank-looking watch. Fun for the summertime. And uh, pretty cool field watch because I think that... Uh, and Bertucci is really primarily... Uh, American-made field watches. And what is the name and the reference number of that watch? It is a Bertucci. I don't know the name of it. The reference is a when C10. You, have that many watches, yeah. you don't even remember it, the name. Exactly, right? It's, it's like so many watches. I don't know. The, he has, is it Patek or he has Rolex? Like I don't drawers know. of no, drawers no, no. of watches. No. And he doesn't even know what he's wearing yeah, anymore. Right. So just like put two watches on like in a hassle? No. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that just escalated very fast. It's, a it's okay. Like my servant put it on me this morning. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's, it's a, a it's a C ten seventeen. So so yeah, like Kevin just went down to a peasant level and guys, what it was guys, named I found was it. What? I found it. It's a Bertucci C one T. The number is a C ten seventeen. That is the reference. It is a tank style, so it's square uh, watch that is thirty six millimeters polished titanium. Screw down crown, 100 meters water resistance. So a good field watch. Very nice watch. Very nice. Beautiful cool. watch. I and it comes really on like. a um, a leather uh, NATO. So it's very... Uh, no, this is a seatbelt. I put it on Phoenix because I'm going to be swimming with it later. But it comes with a uh, Phoenix. A leather uh, a leather one. So just show you the guys a picture of what it looks like on the leather. It's actually a good looking uh, tank. It's a beautiful watch. Yeah. I, I really like it. Really cool. One really cool question thing. I have for you. Yeah. Is that a sort of like a, a crown guard in there, right? It has a Why is it from one up? side only? Because I think that's where it would it would get caught. Okay, on the top, that's interesting. On the top part of the crown. And, and how precise is that quartz? Uh, not very quartz. Not very precise. No? It's a Swiss quartz. Have I mean, you ever timed it good. to see? No, no? Okay. it's uh, it's so precise that it gives you the time ish. Yeah. Well, look, <laughs> it has a second hand that says ish. Look, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what what business you're in and how precise you well, need to be in your time. Definitely not the same time. one as you if you have a no, hundred yeah. watches. Yeah, but I I absolutely do not need the precision of which some people like. Oh man, it's accurate to this. Like, less. listen, so I, I have a Longines. Just an iPhone that always syncs. I have a Longines VHP. Yeah, so you're the only one at the table who has the very precise, very high precision quartz. Very yeah. high precise quartz and like the worst. Precise. Yeah, but you have a Russian watch. Talking about your Russian watch since the last hour. Made of asbestos and lead certified. <laughs> Certified to get you sick. <laughs> well, so, it's guaranteed for life. Certified to but kill But your lifespan is very short once you <laughs> yeah. start wearing it. So since the last hour that we recorded the episode five, what do you have on your wrist? Dimitri? Well, I mean, since we we drove to Kevin's house to, to record this episode, yeah. uh, and I didn't have time in the last 15 minutes to drive back to what? another city and Unacceptable. Uh, put another watch on, which I also don't have, I, I decided to keep the same one. Basically, makes sense, and that's the uh, Neptune Amphibian. Honestly, I am Russian. If that wasn't obvious from before, he's like <laughs> the villain in every movie you've ever watched, except the movies when the villain wins. 
Like it's just it the, never wins. Every single Dimitri movie never wins. It's, it's it's like it's like every single movie where once you see the villain, you know he's the bad guy. You don't you don't even need to get to give the backstory. He's just yeah, he's the bad guy. He needs to die. That's that's what it is. That's really what it is. He speaks Russian. He's the bad guy. He's gonna die. I, honestly, yeah, they're so they're so they're so angry. Like they're just like it's the, it's just the accent. It's like if you if you ever hear a German person speak, they also sound angry. Are there any? It's the accent. It's very Russian harsh. comedians out there. Com- oh yeah, they're very good actually. Very good. There's one. Except that I can't show it to you because it's, you don't understand. Yeah, but I don't. But speak they're very funny. But they're very funny because are there any Russian? international famous no. Russian comedians? Because nobody speak speaks Russian. No one's funny. No one's no funny. funny. No, but but nobody speaks like that. So Russia has gotten westernized quite a bit in the last twenty years, and they have adopted a lot of like. Uh, uh, late night show style shows they have adopted a lot of stand-up comedians and the stand-up comedy right now is booming and some of them are f- really funny really funny it's just that you can't understand it's like how many non-english comedians do you know stand-up comedians maybe like two french guys right uh, yeah, more than that. no there's some yeah, yeah, yeah. Gal- Gal- Malay, that's it Gal- Malay, right that's it like who else? i mean you you we we'll live in quebec canada Carl, so Carl's also french uh, yeah Carl's also french, so it doesn't count yeah for me it's like would, yeah. yeah right for me it's like infinite french people it doesn't count yes who's your think favorite of somebody who's english laurent Paquet. oh yeah laurent Paquet. think of somebody who is english how many comedians stand up comedians would you actually be able to name than not english sugar sammy no, no, the, he does English again. Forget it. You're in Montreal. Sugar Sammy does half French, half English. It's not. Does it's not. The yeah, same. but like you're saying, uh, as an English speaker only, French, French English comedians. Sugar Sammy and Get Out both but do stand up in English and are French. As an English guy, you would know him because he speaks English, right? Yeah. Sorry, fine. Are there any Russian comedians that speak English? No. <laughs> That's the thing. No, I don't know any. Okay. Okay. Right, but the market French, is pretty huge. The market is huge. The market is know. huge for Russians just alone, right? You don't because it's not just the Russia; it's all of the post-Soviet countries. What, what kind of humor do they get into? It's the same. It's the same. Is it Some dry humor? Them, because like no, British, not, uh, British European humor, like British French, it's very dry, very no, subtle, no. sarcastic. So it's actually, Russian Russian humor is everyone needs to get it. <laughs> Oh god! It's communism. Oh, I, like know. I know. I know. I know. You have to explain <laughs> it. You don't have to explain. Oh, the joke was very oh, basic. That was perfect. That face of confusion that you saw was <laughs> you disgust. What? You mistook you confusion for disgust or disgust for confusion. When a joke already is very basic, you don't need to explain uh, it. No, you it see was this face perfect. of you see this face. It was not confusion. It was disgust. Yeah. It so was, guys, like, why guys, is he here? We're, we're, so we're let me just do a, a fifteen minutes. Uh, Russia has a, like a, there's a, a bunch of different levels of comedians, so population is still there's a lot of there's a lot of let's say younger population that's open minded and more exposed to the outside world. Like there's a lot of people that are, that speak English and they get the culture from other countries, but there's also a huge chunk of people that are like super narrow minded that still live and like behind the walls, right? But you have comedians that cater to all of those levels so, of people. So there we have comedians com- that are super like ignorant. They use a lot of physical humor, a lot of uh, stereotypes, right? Yeah. And like basic stereotypes, like really ugly stereotypes. So th- there are those as well as the ones that are, there are very bitter ones that just do like a lot of sarcastic jokes about the government in general. I was about to say, do we have, but do you have that? Like, more careful. Because you have people here is like, okay, you got, they're based on like sex or some of them are based on race or some that are based on like rich and poor. and so Politics. Politics. Like what kind of there's humor? A, is, there, is there political humor? Yeah, there's a, guy, that, there's, there's, a guy, there's a guy that became very famous from just YouTube videos uh, and he was quite open about like just, just basically shitting on the government 
and religion and everything and, and he was actually like he was no, no but but he was wanted for like uh, six months seriously <laughs> because because some like. organization <laughs> i believe this was this was some sort of a this was like a one of the one of the church officials somewhere uh appealed and uh basically like uh i can't remember exactly what he did but he basically he basically went to the police and he appealed against some of the stuff that he said he says it's unacceptable he can't say those things about the church Blah blah blah, and then uh, he was wanted for a little bit. Like he was hiding for like a few months until it got, his case got cleared. He never got arrested, never got, but he was hiding for a few months until he got cleared. It's gotta be so that weird, happened. Uh... He's very careful. You can't really like as much as here. Like if you watch, and again, we're getting very political. But there was a recent interview with Trump with uh, Jonathan Swan. Yes, yeah, on HBO. I saw the whole thing. Who did see it? You cannot imagine a Russian guy interviewing Putin. In such a way, you cannot. It's it's a suicide. It's a suicide. So there, is the a, there is a so people a are more careful. There's a limitation yeah. to the freedom of people speech. People are more careful. They make like little sarcastic, subtle jokes there, but never too far. You cannot go too far. That's it. Anyways, so on, on that political note, he's uh, wearing a Russian watch. That's the political. Yeah, thing. Right, that was a <laughs> I long, am Russian. I wanted to own something that was, that's that Russian. Was a long asterisk check, and it was, it was not about a watch, it was but good. it was good. It was good. It was good. Like my joke. Anyway, no, it wasn't. So, it was disgusting. So today, yeah, love or hate, ugh, ugh, love or hate. The important part of a discussion is you're hate. against the crowd, right. right? People like or hate something, and you don't think the same way. So when we were doing the, um, we shared in advance what people were doing. Turns out that uh, Dimitri and Carl kind of had something similar. So I'm going to let them go after me. Because yeah. I think that it's it makes more sense because you guys are. Oh, you go. think you're better than us? No, I think you guys are are equally di- terrible, disgusting, equally <laughs> <laughs> equally terrible. You got to bounce back and forth because you guys had the pro and con on. on yeah, the same. but you'll jump the, in. The thing too. is, I'll jump in. I'll, yeah, I'll, and, and I'll I, referee. I, I'll referee. I kind of want that's the worst. Part. I kind of want this to be a discussion as well because we are not necessarily mutually exclusive. Because Carl talks about something that he likes yep. so, that people don't. Yep. And I kind of agree with him. On all that. of mutually exclusive. All it makes me think about is that you guys are dating. You're not mutually exclusive. I don't know what or, you guys well are talking about. Ooh. Keep your eyebrows down. They're too high. That is hey, not acceptable. Yeah, exactly. Keep yeah. your hands above oh, the, the, the table. The Calm table. down. Relax. So, okay. Breathe. Now, Kevin, breathe, breathe. Kevin, tell so me. Make sure your blood guys, goes back into I your went, head. I went with a watch brand that people seem to like or that has success. Don't you say Omega. That I could not understand. No. I love Omega. Okay. I went with Shinola. I went with Shinola. Oh. I could not. Chanel? Shinola. Shinola. 100% agree with you. Why? It's popular. It's been around. I started doing research. I started trying to understand what makes this brand popular. Why is it still so vibrant? I was, I'll say, I was on the fence as well. I want to talk about Graham as well. But I'm going to keep that for maybe another time because we have a limited time. But Shinola, I started doing research. Um, so the Shinola is, if people don't know, it's has trouble now separating itself from what Detroit's cityscape would be. You're talking about a company that's owned by Fossil, $2 billion accessory super monster. That's what Fossil is. And then it went into opening a watch brand called Shinola. Um, Shinola was a like a heritage brand, right? That existed before, and then Fossil is just something that purchased it recently. Is that correct? Shinola was a shoe polish, <laughs> so they've never made watches before. No, and the reason why they and again, I'm I'm just asking because no, I keep, don't know please, anything, right? Please, Shinola has no heritage. There's no heritage. Yet they make their watches look like clocks. 
right? Yes. Like vintage clocks. Yes. And with like terrible movements. And now, but right. here's the thing. I and actually huge. I have. I went to a store in Chicago. I have a little bit of respect for what if what I read was accurate, and I'm going to explain why. So they came out in about two, 2011. They started their first released their watches in 2013. Yes, they're huge. They had a they had models that were 40 47 millimeter runwells. They're called. It is ridiculous. Like wearing a Glock, right? On oh, your yeah. wrist. 2,500 pieces sold out. Sold out in a week. Like, they had a later... Like a Hadinki uh, travel clock. Dude. Yes, less expensive. <laughs> Everything, of course. Hey, hats off to them for being able to sell this. Every limited edition from <laughs> is absurd. It is crazy. I, so I didn't mean to, for this to become a tangent, but oh, what if... I can't. I, I can't. That's I, just... Yeah. They have nothing. Even all their prices for the watches they sell, I find they're they're they they're, they're makes no sense. They're overpriced. I, I hate I hate it. Even I I don't like the way they take pictures. However, their watches never look exactly the same as they are. In that's right. However, I did I do I have bought straps from them for my nomos, and they were good. But they're they're known for the litter, right? That's it. And yeah, would you straps. be able to get that same quality strap from somewhere else for a different price? Yes. Cheaper. Yes. Uh, just a little that bit you cheaper. have to know a little where. bit cheaper a okay. little bit cheaper so but they're not overpricing their no, straps no much, well right? the strap I bought was like 180 bucks but okay. I bought it for a, a, like a $3,000 watch but it's a good strap <laughs> I might really I, I'm, I'm actually uh, looking to invest into a good strap for my Speedmaster oh yeah but I need suggestions for a brand I look I just bought I went on a binge right now I bought off Holbins I bought six straps I bought a color rep for my Seiko Alpinist. I bought a uh, leather perforated racing strap for my What are the budget? What are the Seiko- price points we're talking about? Like I, I, would, I would spend over 100 100 bucks. 100 bucks US. Because yeah. I spent... Excellent strap. I went to Watch Gecko and I spent like 70 bucks. Yeah, and you weren't impressed. No, it was nice. It was oh. it was very nice. It was much nicer than my Orient original strap that I got yeah. from some other place. There was yeah. like really terrible leather quality. It was nice. It was just me an exercise. I was kind of throw that, I was throwing that money away as an exercise to see if I like... A speedmaster on yeah. a strap in general, yeah. but now that I did the weight, I can I can deal with. I like the heavier part of the bracelet, but I I'm willing to spend more to get better quality. Look, honestly, what I do is I take the watch, you put it, you Google it with straps, and literally go by image. And then when you right. see an image you really like, you go, and then most people will go, "What strap is that?" And then, damn, they'll tell you. The you problem know? I have with that is that some companies and Hodinki is not an exception, and also Watch Gecko, they may they take really good photos. So you look at the picture and like, oh my god, this is the most. I'll show you later. Looking strap, right? And you you get it. It's not. I'll show you my Houdinki strap later that I have from my Tangente from Nomos. It is perfect. It's excellent. Okay, sorry. Back to Shinova. Yeah, we're talking about. They offered in 2013. They ran out. They sold out. So this company is off to a good start. You're talking about high, surprisingly high, very expensive for quartz. But the whole piece was their whole selling point. They really marketed it well. It was like we're selling America. We are, and and here's why. No, I know you 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 scoffed at that. You're like we're selling America. The models ranged for blue collar people, simple, rugged, bold, built in Detroit. That's the magic words. Built in the USA. Uh, I, it's, I, a, I, it's, a, it's a marketing move, right? It's not much. Yeah, they got in trouble for it. I, I was laughing because I own an Hamilton and it's American spirit Swiss made, right? That's their brand. Hamilton has I, a lot more history it, uh, to say those things, right? But, yeah, but it's still, every time I say that, people go <laughs> American spirit, right? <laughs> right. But I. Hamilton I, has a lot of fuck you watches, though. They're good. I, I yeah, yeah, Hamilton has a shit ton of history. I love Whereas Shinola does not. So talking about heritage and like going to the American 
way. It's but not. Shin, doesn't work especially in Detroit, right? Because half of the city is kind of a ghost town. But now. that's the point. They <laughs> met an opportunity and they took it. They said, look, Detroit is having trouble. This guy is from Texas, has fossil for billions of dollars. He got approached and said, let's build in Detroit. Let's make a watch that is American made. And it got them in trouble. Considered the coolest brand. This guy got Neil Young, Jeb Bush, come to the factory. President Clinton had the dozen Shinola watches. This guy goes, we need success stories in America. Coolest brand in America. This is what it was. They had boutiques in Paris, Singapore. They're everywhere. And then they got in trouble. The Federal Trade Commission came in and said, you guys write build in Detroit accusing them saying that it's not built in america and shinola was like no we believe that built in detroit reflects what we're doing hundred million dollars worth of sales guys they had sales worth a hundred million dollars but there's a difference between built in and assembled in right so that was their deal so they got in trouble for that just a little little piece of stats which is what i usually love i love numbers and statistics in general detroit at the peak of their progress and population in 1950 was about 1.85 million people, right? Today, they are a third of that. So they've lost 66% of the population yeah, in the last the, 70 years. Yeah, but it's the, all of the car companies that moved away, right? Yeah, no, but they, they're all still the there, right? The big three, so GM, um, Ford, and Chrysler, they're still in Detroit. Yeah, but they shut down a, uh, a ton of other companies. Yeah, uh, but... Uh, the well, 50s was the boom of yes. American also, cars. Also the production. Yeah, production, the numbers, right? When, when I tell you guys, if you have any American car to choose from era, it's 50s, 60s, 70s. I'm that getting was a fucking car from the 50s, dudes. I'm not getting a car from the 50s. Neither are you. No, no one is getting a car no. from the 50s. Not in our winters. And not, no, seriously. No, it just... You get no dashboard like, in that car. What the fuck do you want to do with a car from the 50s? Okay, so I'm sorry. You just chose a Catherine, though. Like yes, that, no that is not a car from the 50s. Okay, but it has no doors. It is a batter. It, it has a steering wheel and pedals. So it has a steering wheel. So if I'm not mistaken, it's removable. A, 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 I love how we're discussing if it has a steering wheel. Chevy Bel Air is late 50s. <laughs> anyway, back to your watch brand, back. Kevin. So Shinola's production <laughs> facilities had an assembly lines, component shipped from Asia, and a bunch of things, uh, the movements from Switzerland. And the FTC was like, look, built in Detroit, made in America, had a very specific definition, and it got them in trouble. Got them in trouble with the watch industry. So 30 years later, the company, which is run by this family, the guys from the Texans, this guy does $3.2 billion of sales annually. He goes, we're making watches. If we were just making watches, we'd be profitable. But they wanted to gamble. They went into real, real marketing act they spent a million bucks they bought a shoe polish called shinola which is what their logo or their motto back in the day during the early during world war ii was you don't know shit from shinola <laughs> what yes and that was the shoe polish this guy says you know what we're gonna take it we're gonna create a new narrative behind it a new package this new mid-century look because their watches kind of look old right they have this like old clock feel the shinolas with these big arabic numerals so sorry to cut you down no no no, but, no um, the heritage of the name come from a shoe polish brand that's correct an it's, old shoe polish brand sorry but it's it's so weird it is very weird because it was American. They're like, we want to call it Shinola. Yeah, but they wanted to hatch a brand in Detroit, a city, like you just said, which is emblematic 
yeah. of American Power. industry yeah. and hardship. Resilience. They invented the uh, working line, right? The wor- the assembly line. That's yeah. right. So do your part to help Detroit. So what this was he wanted to do was to do a new brand that pretends to be an old brand that wanted to make it in scrappy Detroit that's struggling like hell by some near billionaire dude from Dallas. So this guy wanted to come in and build this thing. So, so far I'm like, all right, this guy's like, he could have easily gone in Asia and whatnot. He's like, no, I want to do things in Detroit. And he was there and he said, look, I could build a factory somewhere else. I could go to some other place, but Detroit was at one point the Mecca you know, the homeland of manufacturing for the U.S. Yeah. And he says, I want to go and build where that was, the glory days of, of where it was in Detroit. And he says, I don't want to go somewhere else. I want to do it here. So this guy came in with celebrities. He was there with former, uh, well, an NBA owner owns the Cleveland Cavaliers, a coach named Don Nelson, who his son is coaching in basketball. And he went there and he says, look, 80% of downtown Detroit is like closed. Yeah. This is during the time. He goes, I'm going to open a company here and I'm going to give people jobs. And the idea was, I'm going to bring in, like he did at Fossil, and he took it almost like a sport. And he goes, I'm going to bring in, people are going to pay 800 bucks for this watch, but I'm going to bring in Swiss movements, I'm going to bring in Asian cases, and we're going to assemble them here. So... Tell me if I'm mistaking, but I feel like he's thriving on challenges. Oh, yeah, sport. Right? The guy told uh, what I was it's, lo- it's looking It's a challenge at. for it, right? And, yeah. you know, if even if we go a bit back for Detroit, Detroit was so big at some point, yeah. they're stepping over the Canadian border, right? Yeah. Windsor. Yeah. Uh, Ford has still today manufacturing facilities in Canada because of that. Yeah. Right? So I can, I can understand that. I can understand that they try to... Well, um, this, this guy took the idea. the Phoenix, right? Uh, born from the ashes. Look, this guy also said it. Look, he says, look, Detroit is not sexy. It is not inspiring. It is not... It's cold. It's cold. But what he says, he goes, they had a commission group. They had a focus group that they commissioned, sorry, where they asked, would you pay 10 bucks for a pen in the US? And or and would you pay 15 bucks for this pen that was made in Detroit? And people were willing to pay more because they had some affinity to that Detroit-made premium. So he bought this shoe polish name. And he went into the same marketing groups that manage Gucci and Louis Vuitton. I believe it's called Gucci. Gucci. The <laughs> second C is so, silent. Yeah. So, it's a hard C. A hard Gucci. <laughs> it's too Rock, hard C. The C is silent. It's a Gook. Gucci. <laughs> so Louis Vuitton, he goes, look, we're going to... Then they went to Ronda AG, Swiss manufacturer of movements. Taiwan-based dial. Ta- Taiwan-based dial manufacturer. And brought this back to the Shinola workers. And they were at Basel World that year. Who are you gonna- yeah, but did they win anything at Basel World? No. Did they- the thing with Basel World is now Basel World is, for me, considered it's pretty much dead, right? Mm-hmm. They understand the marketing pricing. Oh, in the news, there's a Basel World coming back. Huh? Did you guys hear? There's going to be a new yeah, but one. It, yeah. what, how many brands are going to be there? Virtual. There's no Rolex. There's no Patek and New Tudor. But okay, so, so it's, like it's, I was it's saying. It's dead, basically, right? Yeah. I, I don't see why. The thing is that Basel World was one of these trade shows where people would come in, they see the watch, they put in their orders to take the watch to then sell it. I mean, if you're a watch shop, you don't give what Rolex has to offer you like just send it to me I'll sell it that's it yeah. um, give, so, me, give me what so you got I think Basel used to be a buy-in show 
for right. for distributors to do it for right? everyone cars and, and, and it, it went off that and it was more a marketing show at some point so for journalists and hoodie key and all the other guys to cover it right and right after that you know big watch companies same thing i work in the car industry when we do car shows it's multiple of millions of dollars per car show in marketing and just stands and paying people out right and we figured out that it's cheaper for us to put that money in marketing and ads and other things that just to go to the car show exactly because what you're going to give me is a winner anyway i'm going to sell it off my lot so just send me what you got exactly right so i'm, I'm feeling a basil the later years there's no need they're losing rents. Well, what I was reading was they went from 2,000 or 3,000 booths down to 600. And a lot of them, they're saying where they would go is you as a small watch shop would come and there'd be a lot of Asian and other uh, manufacturers. And you would come and say, what dials are you selling? So it'd be more between you and I. It's uh, not consumer-based. Interesting. Consumer doesn't give a shit. It's you and I saying... So what a kind business of conference. Yes. What, what could you and I do where you want hands? I manufacture these okay. hands. Or, oh, I got these dials. Or I got these... Uh, how many can you produce? You got movements? I need movements. Not the customer-based. Okay. So, so manufacturer level. Yeah. So the retailers didn't find a need to go anymore because they go, look, what do you got? Send me all your tutors. Send me all your Rolexes. I'll sell them. And right now, because there's such a low stock of them, they don't give a shit. The, I was quickly uh, looking for the Shinola website, and this is just my own perception and my own limited knowledge of uh, watch industries. Uh, whenever, to me, a watch is not a good deal, there is always something that's off in terms of specs. What right. I mean is, what I mean is, it's fine that they Jumps use a Salita, Salita 200 movement. It's fine. The, the crown is nice. It's nice. To, it's nice that there is a, that there is like a two hundred meter water resistance. But then all of a sudden, there's a forty three millimeter case. Yeah. Why a diver? It's it, and, and to me, it is. It's, but it's, wait, wait. What's the price of that? Uh, it's a twelve fifty US. <laughs> wow. To me, to me, the reason for that is because they have to do with what they have, right? They have a specific thing. They have to f- somehow fit it. That case is probably pre manufactured by somebody else, and like, yeah, well, we have to just fit it into. We have to put the movement into this case. Yeah, that's right. So instead of redoing the movement, or the, case. or the case, or getting a custom spec case that fits the movement properly right. and it's a good size. So whenever I look at the specs, it's always a dead giveaway of a of a watch that's probably um, a little bit on the fashion side and it might be overpriced. Is when less thought out. One of the spec. One of the specs just doesn't make sense in combination with what, other specs. What were right? you thinking? And I think the episode we're talking about is, I don't get it. And I think that's exactly <laughs> you, you, it. I don't get right? it. And you would say that this watch brand is very popular? And I, I don't know. I'm asking. Well, the point is, it's not that. It's, it's still been around. It's been around for almost 10 years. And you're talking about, look, right now they're losing money. That's what he's saying. They're losing money. They're trying to build a lifestyle brand. It's expensive. The guy, he's put about $100 million of his own cash. He believes in this stuff. <laughs> That's from Texas. And Some of those watches are very nice. And I, I, when, I, when they first came out, I was looking at them. I didn't know much about watches. I was looking at them. They only had, I think, one model. And I, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's, it, it was the Runwell. The Runwell, yes. The, the most basic one that kind of yeah. looks like a clock yeah. with a very nice crown, right? Very There's a nice. Lot of, it's, it's a very nice looking it's watch. It's a Swiss quartz. They call it Argonite because it was built in Detroit, assembled in Detroit. But it is for 45 millimeters? Yeah. It's a 47, clock. 45, you can't 47, wear it. 47 millimeters. It's not a watch you can wear in an office. It doesn't, it's too big. And it's also and, super thick, right? And I'm it's sure. about And it's about 700, 800, 900 bucks US for a quartz. And, and to be honest, now that I'm looking at it, I'm, I'm seeing that they started to take the path of going into like different types this of looks watches. Like a, the, look, so right now he's looking at the 42 millimeter duck at the top left. That looks like the new Glacute diver. 
But I, I wanted to focus on the chronographs. These look like a, the cheap Chinese like the chronographs, right? The most generic chronographs you can get. And th that that diver is the most basic diver shape. They never had a diver before now. And, and now recent, they, recent. it seems like they're going into... It, it looks like there's a losing Look battle. Look at the duck at the top. That looks because like the glass suit diver right there. I agree. Yeah, the, and that's the, the duck, duck watch. guys at 42 millimeters. Every single watch here. Surf watch. Every single, like, every single generic Chinese looking watch here is taken away from that original watch right. for me. And I, as much as I, I do like the design of the original watch, the size, no. If it was like a 42 mil max, fine. Because they're an facility to fill, fill set. Even right? this, I'm sorry. Uh, for, for the this? duck. This is a glass shoot. The duck, this looks it's 42 mil. It looks like a glass shoot, though. It's too big. It's too big. Yeah, for for that watch. style, it, it this to me makes me think of like a like a explorer, right? You know what I hate about bit. that watch? The end links don't fit properly. You notice they're, they're universal. <laughs> they of don't course, actually of course. fit. They don't even it. fit it. But that's the thing. What once you, you start about? looking, like they don't make them custom for that watch. <sighs> it's all like pre-built parts that they use. It's the uh, price is not justified. It, you can get a better Seiko for a fraction. Yeah. It's uh, what we'll call uh, parts bin parts. I agree with you. That's yeah. a good choice. I agree with you. Um, I have a question for you, Kevin. Yeah. So you you don't seem to like, I don't either, Dima either, or general idea on that thing, um, but they're still a brand. They're still selling watches. Yes. They're still making all of them. Yes. Why do you think they're still selling? Is it only the Detroit branding? I think it's that. I think it has to do with one, they're trying to say built in America, American made. I've, I've handled a few in person. They're good-looking watches. I've been to the store in Chicago, yeah, like a Shinola store. I've tried some of them on. It's a nice-looking store. It's a nice-looking store. It's uh, and they they, all, they look nice. I, I I to be honest, I like the way that a uh, runway, whatever that runwell, uh, runwell watch looks yeah. like. It's nice, too big. I think it's all about the marketing. Yes, yes, and that's my point. They took an old GE shop factory. They put in their things. They their whole thing is we're going to take Swiss movements, bring them in. We're going to take in Asian cases. We're going to teach the people here. We're going to revigor, or revitalize, or reinvent, invest into our economy. It gets people on board. It's like you know what? Hell yeah, I'll buy them versus buying a Japanese watch yeah. or buying another watch. Yeah. And it's too bad because if you look at what some other brands are doing, and you go, well, for eight hundred bucks. Also, if you. If, you're, if you're someone who lives in Detroit, right, and then they they promote them as a brand that's, that's made right. there, like you, you the guy's not wanna... from Detroit, he's from Dallas. He owns Fossil, right? So you go to their store. They got Shinola. They got Filson. Another Fossil sin. is a hugely popular brand, also. That's what I'm trying Just to like say. Movement. So Fossil, you're talking about two billion dollar business, all US. about leather accessories right. from Texas. A lot of marketing. A lot movement, of marketing. Movement watches, right? I mean, we're going into like really fashion, right? But it's all marketing. So Daniel Wellington is like a ten dollar watch, but they they probably. They Market like very well. A lot of money on marketing. But That's I why think, they have to price it. I as think much. they're doing more Shinola than Daniel Wellington. Oh, I, I I don't disagree. I think they're closer to the Daniel other Wellington side. Is a ten dollar watch. I right? think it's the closer to the other side of the spectrum. What you're just saying. They got the Swiss watch. They put in a little bit more into it. Why are they so popular? I think it's the marketing, like Dimitri said. I think they're backed by it. I think it's a great campaign. I think they're supported by what Fossil has to offer. But I agree with you, like you said. It looks like they're starting to lose the battle because they were very unique with this original watch and yeah, now they now started to venture into those other types. Everything. The where he was I'm pointing at the run well. I'm pointing at other types of watches yeah, and I'm looking at the saying, chronograph. That chronograph looks to me like something you can get on Alibaba for maybe a hundred bucks. Like see. a basic, basic Chinese chronograph. Or or you scale down and you go into the MBMTs, the movement, the Daniel Wellington, and you Let's go just like, just get something. Let's play a quick game. How big do you think that case for the chronograph is? 45. I don't uh, know. What does it say? 45. 42. 
Wow, it's a 48 millimeter uh, chronograph. I said 45. I'm closer. Wow, they're going over prices, that, right? That, that's that's panoramic. It, it, it just it's yeah. it is negative space. It's poorly spaced out. He's it's looking at poorly a, spaced out. There's a lot of empty space because they had a case that they had to use for this. Uh, anyways, there's a huge following to this brand, guys. Yeah, and I have to say that it's after a high accuracy quartz for a thousand dollars Canadian. I like wow. the story. This guy said, "I want to invest. I could have gone somewhere else. I could have done another fashion brand. I want to do Swiss movements." So he's looking at a, a Runwell Sport Chrono at 48 mil. 48 mil. It How looks thick? like it's half a meter thick also. <laughs> <laughs> I am just a hater right now. Yeah. But it's okay. Yeah, so I don't like it. I don't like People it. People do. I wish they, look, they were doing quartz. They jumped into the automatic movements. They went into something. They came out with a Swiss, sorry, they had a Swiss diver movement, 1,500 US dollars. I paid That's for my- money. I paid for my Hamilton 10 karat gold, white gold uh, Pulsar. Uh, not Pulsar. Um, uh, sorry, the Ventura. That thing was the electric. Same price. 1500 US bucks. 1400 US dollars. For this? For, no, no. What I'm saying, it's the same price as their automatic diver from Shinola. Shinola, 1500 US dollars. You go to Crown and Caliber right now, you can buy an Oris. For this price, you can get a Hamilton Auto Chrono. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. For half this price, you can get a Seagull, which is a, an iconic chrono. Yeah. Mil it's, spec, it's right? It's hard to It is hard to justify, justify getting an oversized watch that doesn't fit on anything. But they have a, ju- they have a following. So closing statement yeah. is... Closing uh, statement. People love it. I'm not a fan. I don't get the appeal because... And I'll say why. If you're selling expensive watches that are Michael Kors, Gucci, or Burberry, whatever it is. Sorry, no, no offense to, no offense to them. The you're, selling, you're selling a fashion Asian-based watch for a cheap. You want to pair it with your clothes. You don't really give a, a crap about what the watch has to offer. Shinola, though, is kind of hovering on this link where they're saying, look, we're using Swiss quartz. We're going to put in some Swiss automatic movements. And I go, okay, so you want to be part of the conversation where we're talking about actual watches then I go, well, shit, you can't compete with anyone here. That's my problem. I'm like, you can't. And if you're in the fashion side, yeah, you're good because you're doing all this stuff, but you're really expensive. <laughs> and when you're in the watches, I go, you just can't compete with anyone else. So that's where I'm like, I can't get on board. I could never justify myself forking over this money for Swiss courts uh, that has absolutely no history. And you're named after a shoe polish. <laughs> and you're from... You're this Texan who wanted to build a shop in Detroit. I, I have trouble. Yeah. That's why. Um, and they're popular, clearly. Just to play the devil's advocate for a second there, they're brilliant because if you're able to sell Hell this yeah. for this price and Hell be popular, I would. I, if I was him, I would do the same. Yeah. He's money, he said, though. Well, yeah. I mean, they probably have to dial down the, a bit in the price because Look it really is not worth it. The, the, mark, the markup is ridiculous. The duck. They're talking about the duck. Motor City, you're talking about 42 millimeter diver, automatic, you're talking about 1500 bucks, 200 meter water resistance. There's a lot of watch you can get for that. Anyway, those are my two. I am now going to pass off the buck so you guys can duke it out about what you guys had as well. Yeah, ju- I, I just have a, a quick closing statement for your brand, I think. Yes. Um, for people who, if we have anyone listening um, that love the audio um, tech industry, right? Uh, if you go to uh, headphones, we, I think we can compare uh, Shinola to um, Beats. Beats. And any other good brand to what I have right now in my head, it's Audio Technica, right? Yeah. 
When's the last time even you saw Apple? It? Even Apple, they overpriced their headphones yeah. like crazy. When's right? the last time you saw an ad for Audio Technica? Never. They don't need to do ads. People know how good they are, right? But yeah. the same. Well, Sennheiser is, I think, in a sense similar because they're just professional audio company. And yep. Sennheiser is a bit more no uh, fuss, no nonsense. A bit more marketing, a bit more accessible, right? That's what you you are having right now in your head. But Audio Technica is hundred percent no ads at right. all, right? They don't need to. They put the same budget that like uh, Beats going to put in marketing, but they're going to put it in uh, R and D. Yeah, but then, what did they sell for Beats? <laughs> what did Doctor Dre? That's, Dream that's the thing. I, I, it, not Beats, but uh, Apple uh, specifically. Yeah. I was looking at the new Apple uh, AirPods Pro, and I'm like, hey, you know what? I might, I might consider buying them because they're just convenient for an iPhone. But then, I'm sorry, they're three hundred and fifty dollars Canadian plus tax for that price. I can get. A lot more. A lot of headphones. A lot of headphones and a lot of music. Yeah. I can get the best Bose, which I bit more on the marketing side, I think, yeah. in general. But I can get some of the best. I can get, actually, I can actually get, which are, I think, today considered to be like the greatest active noise cancellation, Sony's, a thousand something uh, yep. model, whatever, for just a little bit more than that. Yep. It just, it's hard. It's hard to justify. Yeah. It's, it, it's, you're buying into a the lot of ecosystem, right? So, if um, if we go to well, we'll say you and me because we have similar subjects, right? Uh, we're both going to talk about Tudor. I'm going to talk about a watch in particular. I think you're going to talk about the whole brand. Uh, yeah, I think I think our conversation kind of uh, flows well together. Yeah. So yes, please go ahead. So there's one watch that I love. That having the spare change for it, it's not on my list that the next one is going to buy. But having you know spare money. I would buy. I'll just give you some spec, uh, Dimitri, and tell me if it sounds nice for you, okay? It's a 42mm steel case, satin finish. It's a 70-hour power reserve. Waterproof, 200 meters. It's a dome sapphire crystal. 16-notch, 12-hours graded steel, bidirectional basal, right? And it's based on a 60 prototype for the U.S. Navy. Also, super controversial when it came out. Yeah. So if I go with those SKX. specs, with those specs, right? It sounds like a, a lot of watch, right? And it's for more or less five thousand dollar Canadian. The only problem is that the bezel for that sixties um, U.S. Navy, right? There's a locking mechanism for the bezel on top and at the bottom, and because of that you're switching where the bands are attaching to the case. So if no one guessed what it is, it's a Tudor Black Bay P01. I love that watch. It's, Why? It's different. The lucky mechanism for the um, the bezel, it's was for a US spec uh, military watch in the 60s. They just didn't get the contract back then, right? But they decided to relaunch it, I don't know, um, two years ago, right? Um, and when it came out, it was, uh, wow, it's either you love it or you hate it. People were screaming about that watch, right? right? You definitely can't be neutral about this. This is no. either love or hate. When it came out of Basel, it was the talk of the show. Oh, yes. It, it's still the show for me. For it me, was Tudor was a front line. polarizing. And between you and I, I'm a fan because of... So, so am I. I, I think they could have just come out with something typical and they didn't. 
And they oh. said, we could come out with another black bear, whatever it was. And they said, you know what? No, we're going to come out with something. And people were like, Bleh. And but- <laughs> this will flow very well into what I wanted to talk about, about Twitter also. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, uh, one thing I was reading about it is, it's not a u- new watch. It's from the 60s. Mm-hmm. And it's a copy paste from the 60s with a newer movement in it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So if it came out in the 60s, as is for the U.S. military and everything, and U.S. US Navy, sorry, I'm sure today there will be a watch that people will love and want and pay a premium for it. And which watch is this a copy-paste of? Same thing. They, they didn't come out in the 60s. Also a Tudor. Yeah, it was Tudor. It was a prototype. But I think it came okay, out exactly. It was a prototype it was, it was never a, made it, right? It was a they 60s didn't win, They didn't prototype, win the contract, right? right? It was so a the, 60s prototype. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And they just didn't win the contract back then for specification. Yeah. Um, so... Because yeah, they, no, they had... Uh, they had certain tolerances they had to respect back yeah. then, right? And uh, the, when, we really, when you really start reading about it, I think their offering was the lucky mechanism right. for the bezel, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Dimitri right there have a really good... So you can't turn it, right? Is that it? Exactly, right? So when you clip down, it's where the um, bands attach, right? There's a clamshell going down on the bezel on 12s and 6, holding the bezel in place. So that way, you're sure you can hit it and there's no way it's going to move left or right right and that's the only reason that everything on the watch is different that's very cool it's like a crown guard but for the bezel exactly right so the way they call it is what about the what about the what about the links yeah they call it really mobile and link uh and they're only they're they're far from the watch right they're far from the case the links so- because of the locking mechanism for the bezel so i have a lot of trouble with this watch and some things that makes nonsense to me. I like the way it looks. You have a locking bezel for a 12-hour bezel, <laughs> which is weird. It's over-engineered uh, to watch. But why do you need to why lock? Why do you have a leather strap? Exactly. Yeah. Why are you locking a 12-hour bezel, and why are you in a leather strap? If it was a diving bezel that you had to lock like the Yema. It should yeah. have come up with a leather strap. I, I think the the strap, uh, could, the we, could, strap. we could maybe roll into Dimitri's idea of uh, what's going with Tudor. I think okay. the, the straps or the bands on this one are really a marketing choice. Okay. Marketing, Maybe, okay. I mean, I don't disagree. Yeah, it's true. Because I, I mean, t- at the end of the day, you're not going to actually go dive with this watch. Because right? when you look at the pictures I have here, that's from Tudor, right? It's someone who wears a suit and it's someone who wears a, a cardigan. Right? It's just, it's not a it's not a dress watch. It doesn't go under the cuff to me. I mean, I like that watch a lot. And I this is, uh, I mean, if, if you, you want to pass the baton to me, I, I can kind of start talking about my topic. And the reason yeah. Carl and I, we kind of go together is because um, our exercise was to find a watch or a brand that we either like and everybody else doesn't or the opposite. Polarizing. Polarizing. So uh, for me, I think this is going to be a very um, a very uh, unpopular opinion. I The brand that I want to talk about, kind of like Kevin talking about Shinola, for me, it's Twitter in general. Yeah. The brand itself. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. Oh, okay. <laughs> now I became the least, um, the the most unpopular. We've lost person. We've lost. Yeah, we, we just lost a bunch of viewers. <laughs> well, not that we have anything to lose. So yeah, no, that's no. fine. Yeah, it's fine. The the one guy that was listening to us, half half listening, he was gone. He just Bye. he just he just switched to another Unsubscribed. song. Unsubscribed. He just switched to another song on Spotify. Yeah. So um, and again, this is for me, and it's not. I'm not gonna particularly go into specific watches, right? The idea of Tudor came up after Rolex already started by the same guy, Hans Walsdorf, right? 
as a, a poor man Rolex. That was that that was basically the concept of this watch brand. And to be honest, I can never get rid of this in my head. I I can never shave it off. Kind of just I can never part. I can never separate Tudor, and from that idea of being just a little bit worse than the Rolex, right? And every watch they have. Up until recently, they used ETA movements. In 2015, they switched to in-house movements, right? I don't know. Uh, they're pumping out some juggernauts now. Their, their uh, watches and their they, movements are they pretty crazy. They, they, they make good watches, but here's my concept. They have released a bunch of really awesome watches in the last few years. One of them, it started off with like a BB-58, right? Yeah. The BB-58 is the original sub. It's a copy-paste of like a, one of the first reference uh, models of uh, Rolex Submariner, right? Yeah, but didn't they have? It is they a come out beautiful watch. Before the Submariner, then? No, that's the whole thing. I've looked up every single watch they've released came out a year at least after the same version of the Rolex. Mm-hmm. The Oyster case they have came out after the Oyster Prince they have is uh, it looks it's it's it came out after it's always uh, it's always been like a Toyota and the Lexus always been a dialed down version slightly uh, of of the Rolex. Uh, as much as I do like their versions, there are some watches that stand out, and the reason I say stand out is because I want them to make something unique, not take something that's kind of forgotten but not really, and then re- re- revive it again. But what about like the North Flag? Or the P1 that you're talking about. Yes, and the Pelagos. And the Pelagos. Yeah. So with a few exceptions, some of their most favorite models, and, and again, I like those watches, but I will never buy them. I love that BB58, but I, I'm just going to try to get a used sub. Maybe. I, you right? know, I've, I have trouble. I think where Tudor is actually now dominating, and I think it's because Omega has gone up so much. They yeah. dominate that price bracket from three to five thousand. I don't see any other brands that compete with Tudor in that price bracket. I, Are there? I'm, I'm less mistaken. And this is Omega's un- gone up. I don't think so. I don't. I, so I Omega's mean, gone. Zin, used to be, Zin, is, Zin is pretty good. Zin is cheaper. Zin is still cheaper. Okay. Zin is, okay. is, is like one to three. Th- two, I can't one, think of anything 1. else. 1.5 to three thousand. But like from right three now. to five. From three. I'm to also five. three beers in, so I'm not yeah. sure. <laughs> from, th- from three to five thousand. I don't know if there's much that competes with Tudor. But, I'm trying to be uh, as politically correct as possible. I'm not saying anything against the no. brand in the sense of they make great watches, a fantastic watch mechanisms, right? But I can't sh- get away, get rid of the idea that I'm getting a Toyota instead of a Lexus. So, so let me let me challenge you on one piece when it comes to that. And this is my question. So if you're someone who is not a big watch connoisseur, who's going to shop for a watch and they go, okay, what can I get? So you can get either... And fairish, fairishly or fairly new brand, something that may not be in house, something that may be a little bit different, or you can get a reputable brand that's been around for X number of years. Yeah, it's a poor man's Rolex, but you have no intention either of buying a Rolex. Some people are like that, right? I'm never going to buy that. Why can't I get something that's really good quality oh, in house movement? You absolutely can, and, and, and maybe that might be your best choice. The, the I think the key uh, point that you made is that if you're not a connoisseur then a, a large part of your decision-making is based on marketing. True. Which I hate from the um, So if they, like they, they're beautiful watches, they have good marketing, yes, you will get that. Because you might not know those little intricacies about how the brand is and what they do. I do still think that 
but I think connoisseurs would disagree in the sense that Possible. you're saying, sorry, last thing, Sir Carl, because you wanted, you were going to say something, but you were saying, you know, because it's a poor man's Rolex and only a connoisseur might know that. So that's what I was saying, but I'm probably wrong because if you get into the Tudor Black Bay 58, if you were as a connoisseur go into that movement, you go, shit, that's a you're talking about 70 yeah, hour power but reserve look, but it's a copy paste of a Rolex uh, I can't remember what the reference number is yeah. it's like one of the first 50 something uh, 1950 something Rolex Submariner versions it's you, just a copy paste yeah but to, with an uglier looking hand instead of a cathedral like hand with like a little square yeah, but to, to go back on Rolex versus Snowflake. Tudor a uh, friend of mine uh, Vincent who's I love watches I appreciate them and everything but you cannot get over the Rolex branding and the way they treat their customers for him, it's unacceptable. He's never going to buy Rolex because of that. A valid point. But right? he's, he's never owned one. If Here's he does, he'll be like, ah, okay, I'll no, deal with that the, shit. No, but the thing is, <laughs> I'll put up with would, you, would you like to get take this GMT Master? It's like, yeah. uh, <laughs> but the thing is, kick me the balls first. But, yeah. but the thing is, he's not the type of guy waiting for a watch, right? He wants. He walks into a watch shop, he has money, he's like, I want this and that style yeah. because yeah. of those reasons, okay, right? Mm. But the and popular... Tudor is there, makes sense. It's a beautiful watch. But not but as the, much. The popular Tudor models are not available as much as... Uh, as uh, You can't just walk in and get a BB58. Yeah, but you'll get it in a month. Okay. Yeah, and the North Flag and the Pelagos has always been there every time I watch tour, uh, a dress dealer here in Montreal. And we were talking about... Have you looked at their like uh, Oyster K style watches? Yeah. Yeah, but I don't think you go Tudor for that. Yeah, but... They make them, right? They, you, you still have to consider them when you look at the brand overall, right? So here's they're the th making them and their copies. Look at their um, oh, look at their just... range. Let's start. One thing. They have a 1426, which is a $1,500 US watch. You're like two grand. What do you got in two grand? You got some, uh, you got some Nomos. You got some uh, Orises. Longines. Sorry, Divers. Let's go in Divers. You got the Orises. You got some Longines. You got some Hamiltons, whatnot. You get into their... They're black bays. You're getting a three thousand dollar divers, uh, three thousand dollar divers. Their black bay fifty eight is six grand Canadian. You can buy an Omega Seamaster for that price. For six grand Canadian, you can buy an Omega Speedmaster. It's tough when you look at what you can get in parallel on their higher end models, maybe. There, oh my but, God, a Speedmaster. Exactly. But when you look at the Tudor chronographs, the movement in that is crazy. It's a B09. It's a Breitling movement, that they, a chronograph that they added a jewel. The thing is like 70-hour power reserve. It's cost certified. It's a monster. Respect. And it's what they put in Breitling's Navi timer that's 10 grand. They're putting in a $5,000 chronograph. I and you're like, maybe it's a poor man's Daytona, but you're getting a lot of watch. Yes, you do. But it, but it, the again, argument can be made. Just try, try to make my argument as clear as possible. I have a lot of respect for what they do, and I'm not saying that the the brand is uh, garbage. Yeah. Garbage. Well, not not a good brand, and they overpriced their stuff. No, no, no. What I'm saying is that I can't shave off, get rid of the idea that they are a cheaper version of their uh, uh, older brother. That's right. all. That's all yeah. it is. That's all it is. Yeah. So but, uh, a Rolex, it's three. It's thirty percent cheaper in the terms of their Black Bay Fifty Eight is six grand Canadian. Their Rolex Submariner is nine grand Canadian. And what doesn't help it for me is that a lot of the watches that they release are copy pastes of some other popular models in the past. That's okay though. Uh, it it is okay, but it I want them to be more, uh, more of a standout brand, more of a separate brand, like P Zero One. Beautiful watch. Rolex does not have anything the North like flag. this. The North yeah. Flag. The Pelagos. 
Oh man, oh, I Pelagos. love the Pelagos. I want one so But bad. that's enough to me. I, yeah. I, I, I accept that. I go, yeah, yeah there you have a couple that and, match. And, but and we were talking only about the, the diver watches, right? If you go to their like uh, uh, dress watches, like all of the they no, just they copy can't paste. They just, <laughs> but they copy paste. They're not. Tudor is not a dress watch company. Would you ever consider any no. of their oyster case no. watches? No. no. Maybe there is. I find it's a good alternative to an explorer is to get their uh, Tudor Black Bay without the bezel, maybe a 36 millimeter. Just, yeah. just a little bit worse. <laughs> um, yeah, but a lot cheaper. That one's a lot and cheaper. And that is my yeah. own point, right? It's just, I, I cannot, I, I, it's it's the Toyota, Lexus, Acura, yeah. Honda. It's. I think to close Dimitri Stemmet and Minus at the same time, and we'll be able to close that podcast with that, is uh, we, a bunch of friends, uh, given Not Dimitri, really, no. me, and I, other I, people. I, I disagree. Uh, we have an Instagram convo going on right right and uh we're probably gonna beep that out but what's the name of the whole convo oh yeah it's uh what is it bro lexus speed masters oh, and the whore sister Literally. yeah so something like that bro because, you have a, because we have two guys with rolexes we yeah. have dimitri with his Speedmaster, and there's me with two, the, two guys with Speedmasters. it's called speedy brolexes yeah and the and horse the sister horse sister and horse sister is <laughs> tutor Right, so but but can I ask you guys a question? Who doesn't like the horse sister? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone likes the horse sister. Wait, which who, whose sister? Doesn't matter. Oh, okay, sorry. The horse sister was like, I love that horse sister. So yeah, overall, I think um, Tudor maybe still looking for some of his place in the industry. Maybe Rolex. They have I taken. Disagree. They have taken leaps and bounds, I think, in the yeah. last few years. Yeah. And I respect them for that. But I, 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 I'm still not able to separate. I, I feel the, like it's, if we go back to the last podcast, it's maybe like the Porsche uh, um, concept yeah. that you cannot go better than one model, right? Maybe it's the research. One thing, guys, look at what Tudor was doing 10 years ago. They are light years ahead of what I was. I 100% agree. You know what I mean? Agree, look yes. at Mont Blanc, where they are they used, now, where they were. They used to use ETA. Oh my! Right. But not only that, their designs were just not the same. What they're doing now is kill, dude. They're, they're, they're the darlings of the watch shows. Black Bay Fifty Eight is the most talked about watch this year. They're killing it, and and that's what I said. Mont Blanc killing it, and what they've gone up. Longines killing it. They have new leadership. Longines is uh, Longines is doing it. Do they're, a separate podcast about Longines heritage. Killing yeah. it. Oh yeah. Mont Blanc's killing it. Beaumont Mercier has stepped up their game. Everyone has just changed their the and Tudor is also, I think, they're just not where they were five years ago. No. Not at not all. A, they're kill they're on another level. Still not there for me. Well no and that's okay. That's yeah. okay. Talking oh, talking about killing it, I think we killed it today. We're screaming and uh it's a good reason for because we all the subject we were talking was uh, polarizing subjects, right? I think so. Yes. Uh, we'll see what we get on the next podcast. Healthy discussion. Healthy. Yeah, discussion. healthy. Healthy. Among fu- fueled by alcohol and uh, not really friendship by, by alcohol. Yeah, alcohol. Alcohol. Those H's in it. It's very green. Yes. Like absolutely. fueled by alcohol. And <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> exactly. Okay. <laughs> on that note. Okay, but the word by itself is not. No, 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 it's no. polarizing though. Oh, it's polarizing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, because today it's colors, right? Chips out at you. Twenty twenty, it's not okay. Not anymore. Not anymore. So on that, guys. Uh, see you next time, I guess. Bye. But, I mean, if some, if one of you keeps still comes back to listen to us, then yes. If you made it, let's see if you make it. Yeah, this is this was episode six. Episode six. That's way or too many. Seven, we'll see you in episode five. seven. I have no we more fingers know. left to count. We'll see you in episode seven, guys. Bye. Peace Bye. Out.